0: CHAPTER 44 VARSITY'S BEQUEST And they were the last I heard on earth. My life-force was exhausted. Fever held my senses in a thrall. Like fleeting dream-pictures, I still saw the figures round about me, Medini's face often near to mine, then everything became dark. Suddenly, it seemed as if a cool bath were extinguishing my burning fever, I felt as a traveller standing on the brink of a pond in the blazing sun may well imagine the lotus fields, when, wholly submerged in the cool water of the spring, it imbibes a refreshing draught through every fibre. At the same time, it became light overhead, and I saw there above me a great floating red lotus flower, and over its edge bent your beloved face. Then I ascended without effort, and awoke beside you, in the paradise of the west. And blessings on you, said Carmenita, that... Led by your love, you followed that path. Where would I be now if you had not joined me there? True, I don't know whether we shall be able to escape from the terrible wreckage of these ruined worlds. Nevertheless, you inspire me with confidence, for you seem to be as little disturbed by these horrors as the sunbeam by the storm. One who has seen the greater, my friend, is not moved by the less. And this, that thousands upon thousands of worlds should pass away is of trifling significance compared with the entering into final nirvana of a perfect Buddha. For all this that we see around us is only a process of change, and all these beings will enter again into existence. Yonder hundred thousandfold Brahma who, burning with rage, resists the inevitable and, in all probability, regards even us enviously because we quietly continue to shine, he will reappear on some lower plane while some other aspiring spirit will arise as the great Brahma. All beings will appear where the deepest desire of their hearts and their spiritual forces guide them. On the whole, however, everything will be as it was, neither better nor worse, because it will be created, as it were, out of the same material. For this reason, I call this a very small matter. And for the same reason, I consider it not only terrible, but actually a matter of rejoicing to live through this wrecking of worlds, for if this Brahma world were eternal, there would be nothing higher. Then... You know of something higher than this brahma world this brahma world as you see passes away but there is that which does not pass which shall have no end and which has had no beginning there is said the master a realm where there is neither earth nor water neither light nor air neither infinitude of space nor infinitude of consciousness neither perception nor the lack of perception For there is neither this world, nor another world, or moon or sun, and this I call neither a coming, nor a going, nor a staying, neither a dying, nor a birth. It has no basis, no evolution, and no support. It is the end of suffering, the place of rest, the island of peace, the invisible nirvana. Help me, sweet and holy one, in order that we may rise again together there in the land of peace. That we shall rise again there, the Master has said, cannot truly be said of that realm. And, that we shall not rise again there, that is also not true. Any appellation by which you make anything tangible and capable of being grasped is untrue in this respect. But, what is the value to me of that which I cannot grasp? Rather ask, is that which can be grasped worth stretching out one's hand for? "'Oh, Varsity, truly I believe I must have murdered a Brahmin at some time, "'or committed some horrible crime that pursued me so cruelly "'with its retribution in that little street in Rajagaha. "'For if I had not been so suddenly thrust out of life there, "'I would have sat at the Master's feet, "'and would also assuredly have been present, as you were, "'at his final Nirvana, and now I would be as you are. "'Varsity, while thought and perception are still ours, "'please do just one thing for love of me. "'Describe the Blessed One to me exactly, "'so that I may see him in spirit.' and thereby maybe obtain what was not possible for me on earth. That will surely bring me some peace. Gladly, my friend, she answered, and she described to him the appearance of the Buddha, feature by feature, not forgetting even the smallest detail. But in a tone of deep discontentment, Kawanita said, What use are descriptions? All of what you say now could just as well have been said of that old ascetic, the one I told you that I spent the night with in the hall of the potter in Rajagaha, and who I now realise was not quite so foolish as I had believed, for he indeed said much that was true. Well then, Varsity, don't tell me anything more, but visualise the Tathagata until you see him as when you saw him face to face, and it may be that in consequence of our spiritual fellowship I shall then share your vision. Gladly, my friend. And Varsity recalled the image of the Master as he was about to enter into final nirvana. Do you see him, dear friend? Not yet, Vasati. I must make this mind-picture more tangible, thought Vasati. And she looked around her in the immeasurable spaces where the Brahma world was in the process of being extinguished. And just as when some great master-founder, who has completed the mould of the glorious image of a god and finds that he hasn't enough metal to fill it, looks around in his foundry and throws all that lies around him there, tiny images of gods, figures, vases and bowls, all his possessions, the work of his life, gladly and heartily into the smelting furnace in order that he may be able to make a perfect cast of this one glorious divine image, so did Varsity look around herself in immeasurable space, and all that there was left over of the paling light and the dissolving forms of this Brahma world she drew by her spiritual force to herself, thereby emptying the whole of the cosmos. She cast into the mould of her mind picture this whole mass of astral matter, thus creating a colossal and radiant image of the Buddha, just as he was about to enter into final nirvana. And when she saw this picture opposite her, there arose in her no longing and no sadness. Even when the great and holy Upagupta, by the magic art of Mara, the evil one, saw the form of the Buddha long after the blessed one had passed away, even he was so filled with longing that he flung himself adoring at the feet of the deceptive apparition and, overcome by grief, wailed, damn this pitiless transiency that dissolves even such glorious forms that splendid body of the Great and Holy One bowed to the law of change, and it too has become a prey to destruction. But not so Varsity. Unmoved and self-possessed, she looked upon the likeness as an artist upon her work, full of but one thought, to reveal it to Kamanita. Now I begin to see a figure, said the latter. Hold it fast, make it shine more clearly. Whereupon Varsity again looked around herself in space, in the midst of it there still remained the lurid and angry glow of the giant star of the expired hundred-thousand-fold Brahma. And Varsity rent by her spiritual force the spent astral body of this highest deity from its place and cast it into the mould of the Buddha likeness, which was immediately illuminated and vivified like one who has enjoyed an invigorating draught. Now I see it more distinctly, said Kamanita. And all became still. Then it seemed to Varsity, as though she heard a clear and golden voice, but she was unsure as to whether it emanated from the image before her or from the depths of her innermost heart. So you are here, Varsity. Are you finished with your sentence? And as one answers in a dream, she responded, I am finished with it. Even so, Varsity, and the long way has not tired you? Do you still need the help of the Tathagata? No, I no longer need the help of the Tatagata. Even so, Varsity, you have sought refuge in yourself. And do you rest in yourself, Varsity? I have learned to know myself. As one unfurls the sheaf of leaves that make up the trunk of a plantain, and one finds beneath it no sound wood from which anything firm can be made, so I have learned to know myself. A body and a mind of changing forms in which there is nothing eternal nothing that offers permanence and so this self of mine is given up this is not me this does not belong to me this is not myself is the judgment now passed upon the question even so Vasati so now you cling firmly only to the Dharma the teaching has brought me to the goal as one crossing a stream by means of a raft neither clings to the raft when she has reached the farther shore, nor drags it along with her. So, I no longer cling to the Dharma, but let it go. Even so, varsity, thus, clinging to nothing, attached to nothing, you will arise in a place of peace. That we shall rise again there, the Tathagata has said, is not true of that place. And that we shall not rise again there is also not true. And even the teaching that, neither is it true to say that we shall rise again, nor yet to say that we shall not rise again, even this itself is not perfectly true. No thing is true any longer. And, least of all, is nothingness true. Thus there is perfect understanding at last. Then, on the face of the Buddha likeness, there appeared a glowing, scarce perceptible smile. Now I am able to see the face, said Carmenita, like a reflection in flowing water. I recognize it vaguely. Hold it fast. Steady it, Varsity. Varsity looked around her in space. Space was empty. Then Varsity flung her own corporeal substance into the astral mass of the vision. As Carmenita observed that Varsity had suddenly disappeared, a searing wave of grief shook him to the core of his being. His heart froze. His senses became stupefied and numb. But strangely enough, soon the feeling passed. For as one who is dying leaves a legacy, so had Varsity left to Karmanita the Buddha-likeness. This alone remained with him in all of space, and now he clearly recognised it. That old wanderer with whom I spent the night in Majigaha and whom I blamed for his foolishness, that was the blessed one! Oh, fool that I was! Was there ever a greater idiot than I? What I have been longing for as the highest happiness, as fulfillment itself, that I have already been in possession of for billions of years. Then the vision of the Buddha drew near like an oncoming cloud and enveloped him in a radiant mist.